Hello, Nerdalorians from the galaxy to your ears through the airwaves. It's the Nerd Holocron. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about more things Star Wars from The Empire Strikes Back all the way up to The Last Jedi and also The Mandalorian. And today, we're going to also have our special guest, Sabrina. Hello. And with us always is Adrian. That is me. And first, we're going to start off with our what did you think? So, Adrian, what did you think? Um, Steven had me watch Now You See Me. Ooh, and yes. it was a good movie, except that I thought it was also boring. Now, <laughs> now the thing that really took me out of the movie was the CGI in the movie. Uh, Especially yeah. when they're in like, Las Vegas and... Like that stuff's whirling around, and I was like, uh, I know that's not real. You're trying to convince me this is real. It's like a Lionsgate movie, so it's not like a whole huge budget thing. I think that's why it wasn't the CGI wasn't too good. Maybe they did um, the best they could. I knew it was Mark Ruffalo the whole time. Like, I just, what? How do you know? Like him, like I don't know, like him just standing there in that hoodie. I was like, I, I bet you that's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> uh, no, it's incredible. And, and then at the end of the movie, I was like, yeah saw this and i just it was and then morgan freeman's character is all like oh yeah the eye isn't real but like it may seem at the end of the movie like the eye was like this important thing which i didn't know anything about it till the end of the movie okay and it's like was this an important plot line i i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> so yeah it was it was good it was a little boring the main focus of the movie was like he's like testing their abilities to join the eye also getting revenge against arthur tressler and morgan freeman i understand boring boring okay acting was good acting was solid cgi took me out of the movie and it was like okay <laughs> what about the piranha shark tank when the piranhas eat her that was pretty cool but I mean, Matthew was like, how did that happen? I was like... Oh, she's out of period. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, you're just so focused on what's going on, you're not really seeing what's going on. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it was a good movie, and if you like stuff like that, I recommend you watch it. I did. I don't totally regret watching that movie, so... All right. Well, that was the <laughs> what you think with the muggle. Uh, I watched The Night of the Creeps, which I didn't know what to expect going in, but I liked that movie a lot. It was pretty awesome. I know it is. I thought the whole thing was going to be in black and white because of the intro. It takes place in the 1950s and then it fast forwards to the 80s. But I thought it was a really good movie. Uh, I also thought it was funny that the kid that falls in love with the girl isn't freaked out that her name, her last name was Cronenberg, who's a famous horror movie director. I was like, come on, guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All the signs are there. And people kept pointing it out, like, I don't know, this place gives me the creeps. Foreshadowing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it threw me off the first time I saw it. It was like sci-fi in the beginning, the aliens. Yeah, those aliens were weird, but yeah. they looked like realistic though. I was like, they had a lot of cool practical effects for the time. It looked really real, and like the zombies, especially that guy that busts out of the floor in the house. I was like, oh shit! Indeed. Ooh. I also thought it was kind of dumb that they figured out that 
the worms were the things that control people's brains, but they didn't go out of their way to find them all. They're like, well, we killed the main guy, so that must be it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make out and everything's going to be fine now. Yeah, it was, it's from the 80s. I don't yeah. Know. Overall, I thought it was a really cool movie. It had some weird stuff in there, but I really liked it. I'd watch it again. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so, all right, Sabrina, let's talk about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, what do you have for us? Well, just some basic facts and some differences between the series and the newer series. How did you come to like Sabrina? How'd you get introduced to Sabrina? Well, my name is Sabrina. Right, right. So growing up, everyone called me Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Yep, I can, uh, I can add to that. I did the same thing. <laughs> yes, you did. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, there's some flat. unresolved issues there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she first appeared in the 22nd release of Archie, which is called Archie's Madhouse. And she was given her own series in September of 93. And then afterwards, she was given an animated series and four different movies. So 93 was when Melissa Joan Hart started? Is that the the show you're talking about? Yes, I think so. Like the live action show? And then the animated series, I believe Melissa Joan Hart's sister voiced Sabrina on that one. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was a big fan too, guys. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite movie was Sabrina Down Under. I knew you were going to say that. It's the one that stands out the most. Really? I always liked Sabrina Goes to Rome. I didn't like that one as much. It was very interesting. <laughs> Plus, I'm, I'm an ocean mermaid. Oh, right. <laughs> What else you got? Uh, just some background info. Uh, she's an average teenager who finds out that she's the daughter of a warlock, her father, who doesn't really get a name beyond Ted. Mm-hmm. And that from a long line of powerful witches, she is one of the more powerful ones of her generation. Interesting. Do you do you know how? Because in the show, um, obviously she lives with her aunts. Like, how did her parents split up, and why did they split up, and why does she live with her aunts? Do you know that? Are both of her parents magical? Or no, her mom is immortal. Her mom's, her mom's an archaeologist. Oh, okay. yes. And since she's when she turned sixteen, they sent her with her aunts because they were supposed to introduce her to being a witch. And she can't see her mother for two years or she'll turn into a ball of wax. Oh. Her mother will turn into a ball of wax. Because she's immortal and she's not supposed to know that her daughter's a witch. Oh, okay. And the two years is when she's like... When she's 18 and trained and she becomes a full witch or whatever, goes through the trials, then she can see her mother. Okay. Makes sense. Right. Uh, what else you got? What's the, what are the differences between the show and the Netflix show? Because I know on the Netflix one, 
they call it the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I'm assuming that's like more of a scary horror style, or is it? Uh, yeah, it's more grim. Grim. I suppose. Darker and edgier. Do they have like yes. the same characters, or is it... they have similar characters, but some have been changed and some have been added. Like Salem, Salem in the Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a warlock who tried to take over the planet and turned into a, got turned into a cat for a hundred years. Oh, okay, Salem's <laughs> my favorite character. Yeah, he's Same. a sassy. <laughs> like I say, Fridya, and that's how I say Friday sometimes because he was trying to change Friday to Fridya. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, he's actually a goblin, I believe. A little that, bit familiar. That she summoned, kind of summoned. She put the word out into the universe that she wanted a familiar, and he came in the form of a cat. Oh, okay. Interesting. What about Harvey? Is he, and on the show, they're kind of friends, and then later they're love interest or whatever is that the same on the show or? uh yes they liked each other in both in teenage wish he was more of like a ditzy naive jock and in the chilling adventures of sabrina he's a little bit more intelligent and put together are they together or they... they're together but it's much more slowly they don't get together until further into the first season mm-hmm. oh, okay i always liked harvey like, when she went to college, like, her college boyfriend, I did not like him. No. <laughs> he was on another show I can't remember. I liked him on that show. I think it was a Nickelodeon show. Was it because you were jealous of him? Or because <laughs> I, like I, just, I just didn't like him. He <laughs> came off as a... Kind of a jerk. Yeah, jerk. Yeah. Okay. So. What about the ants? Are they the same? I know the... the... Well, in The Teenage Witch, they're not nearly as close as they are in the chilling adventures of sabrina because in the original series she's sent to her aunts when she's 16 and in the chilling adventures of sabrina she was there since she was a baby so she's much closer with them being raised with them okay what happened why was she there as a baby um her parents were killed i believe in the newer series I'm not mistaken. Her mother was immortal and her father was not, but they both got killed because they were together. Interesting. Yes. As in the, the, I've seen a little bit of the Netflix one, and that one it seems like there's sort of like underlying tones of like sexism and like not racism, but like the witches and wizards feel like they're superior to humans is that the case that uh, in some on? cases yeah it just depends on like if you're talking about the main coven then yes they think they're better than everybody else and they don't like morals because on the other one it seems like she's just learning how to use her powers and then on the netflix one it's like she's trying to change like fight for equality is that the case or is it Yes, in the newer one, she's fighting for equality not only as uh, in her mortal side with her friends and her family, but also on the witch side. She's too witch for the mortals and too mortal for the witches. Okay. Well, thank you. That was great. Sabrina's first time being on a podcast. She's a little nervous, but hopefully we'll have her back soon. Yes. 
Actually, her and Stephanie are going to do a murder mystery episode for us at some point. We don't know when. Hopefully sooner rather than later. TVD. Yes. All right. So do you want to talk Mandalorian? Yes. Let's talk uh, season two, episode two of The Mandalorian. We find him back on Tatooine. Oh, yeah, well, he's never left. He's just going. Oh, it's true. No, yeah, he didn't leave. It takes place, like, right after the left. Right. Yeah. He's on Tatooine. He has to take this gecko lady to another planet so her husband can, like, you know, what is it called? Fertilize the eggs. So oh, yeah. Like, so her babies can live or whatever. Also, we meet the ant guy, Dr. Mandible. Oh, yes, yes. And I guess him and the lizard lady are in the first episode of The Mandalorian. They're in the bar when he walks in. Huh. Supposedly. Gotta go back and watch that now. And they're also playing Sabacc, if you remember from Solo. That's that card game. And when she beats Dr. Mandible, she uses Lando's uh, special move. I can't remember what it's called. It's called, like, the idiot's hand or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting Thank you. Trivia. Um, <laughs> and then he, he takes his lady, his lizard lady, and um, the child eats her eggs, eats a few of her I eggs. know, right? I was like, <laughs> God. Actually, before that, what I thought was a very adorable, when they planned that trap for the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and, like, the, you know, they released the child back to him, I was just, like, running to him with his arms open. <laughs> and I was like, so cute. Um, but anyway, uh, they run into, uh, I don't even know if they're called the Rebel Alliance at this point. I think they're uh... The New Republic. Yeah. And uh, he gets into a little bit of trouble. Um, honestly, I thought the chasing was amazing. Like, yeah, I thought was, they were going to like try to shoot him this guy. But... Yeah, it was beautifully shot. Just, I was, I was fucking crazy. I really it shows it. how big his ship is compared to other Because it kind of seems like it's more sleek, mm-hmm. fast, but it's kind of a big-ass rust buckety ship. Yeah, it is. Um, he crashes. And then... Uh, Baby Yoda eats an ice spider. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, that whole scene reminded me of um, Alien or Aliens, like when the their pods open. And yeah, I thought they were going to like jump out at him or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> like these just things just start pouring out of everywhere. And oh my God. That was pretty intense. Then, it made me wonder if he's learning that his actions have consequences or if he's intelligent enough to know to learn from these situations or he's just going along because he's 50 years old and it, they don't really tell us if he's like intelligent enough to learn or if he's just like a really a baby or not we call him baby yoda but we don't know yeah he seems real babyish i mean obviously he, he knows he's not supposed to eat the eggs he's, yeah. told, he's like all right but he kills still kids eating them and then he do, uh, he doesn't even learn his lesson because he eats that thing and it wakes the rest of them up yeah and then he still eats the egg at the end <laughs> um in this you know the mandalorian is held to his honor code which you can kind of tell annoyed him when she's like oh i thought you know you live by this code and he's just like god damn it fuck oh yeah i thought yeah. that was cool that she <laughs> was able to use the voice translator thing in that robot from that other episode. That was cool. That was pretty cool. 
But yeah, I mean, as a man, like we've all been there. You're just like chilling, and then it's like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna do this. And you're like, fuck, well, I, uh, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but no, it was a it was a pretty good episode. I really really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not as amazing as some of the other episodes, but it's just it's a good episode. You get to see what kind of man he is mm-hmm. and uh, how his relationship with uh, Baby Yoda is, you know what I'm saying? It's Progressing, yeah. yeah. Father and son. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good episode. Looking forward to next week's episode. Well, I've watched it the first time. I was kind of underwhelmed. I was like, eh, just transporting one place to another. But when I watched it the second time, I guess it kind of, like, shows that it's fleshing out the universe. You know, not all things in Star Wars are huge space battles. There's creatures everywhere and you know, they all want to kill you and eat. there's always a bigger monster as they say in the phantom menace there's always a bigger one there's always a bigger fish yeah there really was except in this case it's a braid eating spider thing <laughs> yeah i think it's pretty quite crazy looking oh and the concept art was amazing at the end of the episode oh yeah dude it's fucking crazy i liked it i think they're called uh knobbly spiders or knobbly white spiders something like that uh they're ice spiders anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, with that out of the way, um, we are gonna dive a little deeper into Star Wars. Yes. Um, we're gonna do parallels between the characters of Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi, the Last Jedi. which the first thing I want to point out is how things are a little reversed, because in Empire, they battle the... The rebellion battles the empire pretty much right away. Yeah, and in the last Jedi, the battle is saved for the end. It's kinda, yeah, that's true. Kind of similar situations, you know. They're here. They just got here, and now there's they didn't want to let the empire know that they're there, but the empire knows that they're there. In both cases, though, in the beginning, they wipe out a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's just kind of one similarity. Yeah. You know, it just it it happens on a planet. They're there. They fight the Empire. Empire ultimately wins that battle. Yes. And uh, instead of ice, it's salt. Yeah. Right there, you go. Uh, what else you got for us? So I focused on the differences of Yoda and Luke and their teaching styles. Uh-huh. So for Yoda. Um, He's trying to teach Luke how to be patient because Luke is like discovered he's got this magical force powers and he's like, well, I just want to jump into everything right away. But he's doing it in such a whiny, annoying little kid way. It's like, calm the fuck down. It's what Yoda's trying to tell him. Like, he is. Um, I'm not trying to defend Luke Skywalker, but in his defense, oh like, like his whole life, he's like like Yoda said, he's just constantly looking to the stars, not focused on where he is, but where yeah, he that's wants like his to be. Fatal flaw. Yeah. So it's just always been in Luke to be that way. That's true. He's got the Skywalker headstrongness. They always want to jump into a ship and fly into the fight. Mm-hmm. Um. Luckily, Yoda teaches them like the importance of being physically fit as well as having like a clear and open mind to be open to the force. Cause like he's trying to teach Luke that the force encompasses everything. And it's like in all living beings 
and it like binds them together. And the only way to like accept it inside of yourself is to like empty yourself of everything you know and just like accept it, basically. It's true. Luke was ripped in Empire. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's doing flips and swinging from vines with Yoda's back like a badass. Yes. Like at the end when he gets in the trap that Darth Vader said if he didn't do all that training, he would have gotten caught in the carbonite and then that would have been the end of the movie. That's true. Um, Luke in Last Jedi is very reluctant to teach. Whereas, I guess... Yoda was a little reluctant to teach Luke, but ultimately I think he did want to teach the ways of the Jedi to somebody. Princess Leia, not Luke. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was more like Yoda was like, I don't really want to train him. Where And then Luke's like, I don't want to train at all. Right. And uh, th- there's a difference in their, their, their viewpoints. Yeah. Or Luke's like Jedi. You don't want any part of the Jedi. They're no good. <laughs> they uh, they let Darth Darth Sidious take over the galaxy, and where Yoda's like, we're cool, man. Like we're good. Yeah. Like we're the only hope in the universe, basically. So I think that's what it, I don't know. Dude. I think Luke was trying to explain to Ray that the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi. Like anyone in the universe can like rely on it and. Like, take comfort in its power and know that it's there. But also, I think he feels like teaching people how to go on the Jedi path, it just puts you in the pathway to go into the dark side. And, like, the more powerful you are, the more likely you are to join their side. Because of what happened with Ben, I think he's scared that no matter what he does, it's always going to go down the same way. True. They're always going to be that star people that betrays you and kills all your students and fucks everything up but not just that like he knows how the jedi were towards the end of the republic and how basically you know they thought so highly of themselves they didn't think that anything could happen or anybody could take away their power and then someone did right and he just doesn't want that to happen again but you gotta take a leap of faith you know when when this girl shows up at your door Already super powerful and knows how to use the force right? already. Like, what is she even doing there? Anyway, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Ultimately, both are good um, instructors, teachers, trainers. Yes. It's just like Yoda maintained that positivity about the Jedi and the force, whereas Luke... Yoda proved to be the best teacher. He shows up. He's like, dude... In the end. Yeah, he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> He's got the perfect quote. He said, um, What did it say? Oh, we are what they grow beyond. That's the true burden of all masters. So all you can do is impart your knowledge onto them, and whatever they become is what they do with what you taught them. That's true enough. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to Luke Skywalker and Ray Palpatine. Yes. How are they similar? How are they different? Uh, well, like, I looked at how Darth Vader and Kylo Ren tried to, like, get them to join their side. So, like, Darth Vader's approach was to be open and honest with him and tell him, like, I'm your father and... 
Like, look how much powerful I am compared to you. You know, you train with some ghost in the forest, and it's like you can barely take me on. But I've got the power of the dark side, and I'm trying to kill you easily. Like, mm-hmm. this is nothing for me. <laughs> I can shut your hands off. <laughs> no problem. And there, boom, I did it. <laughs> True. And what was Kylo's approach to Ray? Kylo knows that Ray is kind of lost in everything because, like, everyone's looking to her to be, like, the new Luke Skywalker and, like, you know, bring balance to the Force, I guess. And she's just looking for someone to teach her how to do that. And she's looking for father figures and Han Solo and Luke and everyone. And Kylo's like, forget the past. Just focus on the now and you can be more powerful by just, like, harnessing your power you have inside of you. You don't need anyone else. And I can help you unlock that, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, Rey is... I know everyone has already talked about this, but Rey is just crazy powerful right off the bat. I know, right? She fucking does a Jedi mind trick immediately. You know, she just has all these powers already. Whereas Luke Skywalker, like, he has has to learn. And... uh, I think maybe it's because Ray has heard stories of things that Luke has done in the past because, like, she has the Rebel helmet on. She knows about the Millennium Falcon. Even though she lives on the middle of nowhere, she's obviously heard the stories of the original trilogy, whereas Luke had never heard of the Jedi or anyone else. He just thought Obi-Wan was an old hermit that was crazy. I think he had heard. I mean, he knew what the Clone Wars, Clone Wars were, and if you know what the Clone Wars were, mm. uh, my words, that, then you had to know that the Jedi were a big part of it. You know what I mean? I think it just had a bigger impact on Rey because, like, they live in a different time period, whereas Luke lives in a period where there's not really much going on. There was no one going against the Empire making any difference, whereas in Rey's time, there's been the Resistance, and now there's a new Resistance. Okay. I can see that. So there's like twice as much history for Ray, whereas there's not much history for Luke that, you know, because like for 20 years, there's been the Empire, so there's no one. Also, this is what I tell myself mm-hmm. just to make, you know, her being so powerful right away work for me. Um, she says she's all the Jedi. So for me, collectively, you know, they, they got a, they got together in a huddle. Like, <laughs> and they're like, all right, uh, who's going to whisper in your ear how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> so they they basically transfer their powers, you know, like, uh, here you go. Is, you know, and basically they're manipulating her until she can properly control the Force. Ooh, that's an interesting thing. Right, because, yeah, I mean, yeah. she is all the Jedi, as yeah. she claimed. So, well, yeah, she was. But uh, ultimately, the difference is one started off more powerful, the other one didn't. Both from very strong Force bloodlines. Seriously, Jesus Yes. Christ. And um, ultimately, both had a connection to the dark side. Both came out triumphant over it yes for the lights i think it's because ray never like had that thought of i can walk away like this is gonna be too hard she was ready to go in at the end and die with or without anyone she didn't want anyone else to go in her place with her to begin with that's why she goes alone in luke's tie fighter because she knows she has to do this alone 
and like she has strong convictions whereas luke he did it for so long and he lost so much that he lost faith in himself also also i know we talked about this i just want to throw this out there real quick it has nothing to do with parallels or anything okay so i was watching empire yes and uh we discussed this how the the skywalkers uh leia and luke were very selfish about Han Solo leaving yes. to pay his debt to Jabba the Hutt. And I was watching Empire Strikes Back, and he was talking to a general, and he was like, hey, I got to go. Sorry, I got to go. I got to go pay this back. Yeah, and the guy I said, I'm sad to see you leave, General Solo. But yeah, it's, not, it's not easy to live with a price on your head. Like, he understood. But Leia's over there, like, looking at him like, oh, my God. <laughs> fucking bitch. Like, right? like, both of them. Just, like, quit being so fucking selfish. Like, He's done more than enough favors for you guys. I'm pretty sure he would have come back too. Just let him go give this money. Yeah, obviously he he's good at what he does because you know he's in the CD underworld. Yes, I just had to get that off my chest. This fucking pisses me off so much that those two are just so selfish with this very generous man. <laughs> I think it's because like if he was to leave, they would have been wiped out because the only reason they survive is because Han hides them in the asteroid field and then he's smart enough to go to Cloud City where they get portrayed, but they still survive because of his skills and true. I know story wise he had to be there to save Luke and the the Death Star run, mm -hmm. the trench run, and to also get Leia off there. But at the same time it's like, come on guys. Yeah, come right? On. Just like, like let a guy walk <laughs> away and take a breather. Jeez. Man. Anyway now, parallels between Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. Oh, yes. So, uh, Darth Vader, all-powerful Lord of the Sith, you know, he's super strong, not afraid to force choke anyone. He's constantly hiring people and then killing them. He's like... Ugh. So, yeah, so... Darth Vader, all-powerful Lord of the Sith, mm -hmm. um, Kylo Ren... <clears throat> Master of the Knights of Ren. Yes. Um, how are they similar? They're both Skywalkers. All right. Good night, folks. No. <laughs> um, both seduced by the dark side. Although we know how Anakin was seduced to the dark side. Don't yes. really know how Anakin was. I'm not Anakin. How Ben, ben Solo. Solo was like invited over. Okay. So. As we know, Ben Solo is the son of the great Han Solo and Princess Leia, and he's the namesake of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo. So he's always had this pressure put on him that like made him feel like he's got to live up to these people, one of which is his father, and one is a person he's never met, but it's supposed to be this all-powerful Jedi, and it like really weighs on him and makes him super angsty. And um, he's not happy about it. So he's always had like this kind of like shadow in his heart of like, it's up to him to be the best. And he is, but it makes the other students hate him and it makes him sort of hate himself a little bit. So he's really great and that makes him feel really bad. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> it doesn't really show how he meets Snoke, but it establishes in the comic book that he already knows Snoke. Uh -huh. Excuse me. So, like, the beginning of the comic, it takes place that night that Luke tries to kill Kylo, 
and it's been and he's like on his knees crying right outside the temple that's on fire and he tries to go in there and rescue the other padawans but it's like too late they're already dead and then these other three show up in a ship and they're like what the heck happened here and he's like you're not gonna believe it but luke tried to kill me so he's like i'm leaving here and they don't believe him so he fights them and he shows how powerful he is and just like force pushes them all away from him he takes off in the ship and then it like shows that he goes and meets snoke on like this garden planet and snoke isn't like wearing first order robes he's just got these regular clothes on and like a hat and he's like this <laughs> i know it's weird but he's just got like regular old clothes like he's uh -huh. not a leader or anything and he's like a father figure to ben he's like well tell me what's wrong what's going on like i can't believe this happened yeah and um he tells ben that the only way he could be true to himself and to unlock his un you know his hidden potential is to join the dark side and he i guess he knows that ben's had that thought in his mind to begin with so ben is like you know what you're right i should join the dark side and I've been thinking about joining the Knights of Ren, who I guess are like this group of mercenaries that just go around murdering people for money, I guess. Hmm, interesting. They're like a group of super powerful force users that all use the dark side. And not all of them have lightsabers, but like their leader does. And they all use the force. Do they? Cause it didn't seem like they were very force savvy when Kylo Ren was stabbing them to death. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> It kind of like shows more of what they're about and how powerful they are in the comic book. I don't know why they introduced them in the movie and then they just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more like, here they are, guys. Okay, they're gone. The Knights are in. Um, yeah. All right. So we got, I guess, how they were seduced to the dark side out of the way. Now, ultimately, both of them deep down mm. are good. Yes. Um, Anakin Skywalker obviously turned evil to save his wife and children, mostly his wife. And I don't know, like in the movie, he's a like he even says he has he has a call to the light. Like that is where he belongs, but he doesn't want it because he wants to do this. Yes. But ultimately, he knows that's where he belongs. I think it's his call to the light is through his mother because like before he goes to see Snoke. There's like a protocol droid on his ship, and they he asks him, "Would you like to go home and see your mother and father?" And he only thinks about his mom Leia, but he doesn't even could give two seconds of a thought of Han. Yeah. So he really hates Han for whatever reason. I guess it's got to be hard having Han Solo as a father. I can see him being both as a cool dad and, but also a distant father, as we've kind of seen. Mm-hmm. Like. Hey, kid, stick this up your butt. We need to smuggle it across <laughs> the system. Okay, yeah. Like, go with Chewie. I got to go meet some Tauntaun babes. <laughs> Tauntaun babes? Oh, my God. I hope not. He cut open the Tauntaun to keep Luke warm. Who's not keeping him warm in that? You know? <laughs> I couldn't think of any other race. Really. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but ultimately, both of them, towards the end of their life, were called back to the lights. Mm -hmm. um, Anakin became a force ghost. All yes. is forgiven for slaughtering all those people, even the little children. I think, uh, I was like, I was kind of telling you last time how 
Ray isn't really good or bad. She's like in the moral gray area of the gray Jedi. They're kind of just do what's right in any given situation. So like, you know, they decide what's best for everyone through their powers, I guess. And I think um, Kylo set Ray on that path by choosing that path himself. Mm. Because he's willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good so that way she could defeat Palpatine and that's why he doesn't come back as a force ghost. He's just dead. So he's not exactly good, but he's not bad anymore. So he's in the moral gray area of a gray Jedi. Okay. Both of them gray Jedis. Uh, yeah. So which movie do you like better, Empire or The Last Jedi? That's a hard question. Most people would just say Empire because a lot of people don't like The Last Jedi. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You're a fan of The Last Jedi. I really liked it. I saw it in the theaters and I was blown away. As was I. I thought it was a fucking amazing movie. Right? Like, where that one chick, she turns around and, like, light speeds through fucking oh, all their shit. Oh, yeah. Like, like when the, the theater went silent, I was just like, what's going on right now? I was just like, what? And then, like, all the noise kicked in. I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. Sorry, yeah. I cuss a lot. <laughs> They're just, like, solidifying all the things we've seen in other Star Wars movies. Like... You know, it, you don't always have to be a hero to make a difference. Star Wars is about small people that make a huge difference by doing big things because they're nothing, but they're remembered as legendary heroes because they took up the call to action. True. So, like, Rose is one of those people. She's a no one, but she gets on the Star Destroyer and all tries to shut down the thing. I mean, in a in in Last Jedi, she was a no one, but in um, the last movie, she was a something. <laughs> sort of, they kind of wrote her off. I was yeah. upset about that, but whatever. Whatever you Not guys, time. you guys. I love all these movies, but you guys messed some of that shit up. You know, pissing me off. Thanks, Disney. Um, Kathleen Kennedy. Who's that? That's the lady that George Lucas appointed to take over for oh. Star Wars, yeah. And she's kind of like, all right, thanks. Fuck you, George. <laughs> so, no, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ultimately, stars, I mean stars, were fans of all the movies, some better than others. I think people also forget that some of the powers have been seen, like in Empire Strikes Back when they're flying away, Darth Vader can see Luke, and Luke can see Darth Vader. They don't have a moment where they take their gloves off and touch mechanical hand to mechanical hand or anything, but just like with Rey and Kylo's connection, they can see and talk to each other, so it's not really a new thing. I think people were confused about that, but it's like an old power... I think just the fact that they're both more powerful is the reason they can, like, connect better. connect with each other. Yes, it's dial-up versus like Wi-Fi now. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, I understand. Um, ultimately, I feel also something I have to tell myself to make this movie better for me. Where Ray's character worked for me mm-hmm. is that uh, one, yes, yeah, she's all the Jedi, so they've all 
like climbed inside this vessel and they're trying to, you know, move her in the right direction. Right. But also that had to happen because um, the First Order was already so powerful. Kylo Ren was already so powerful. It's like, we don't have time for this bullshit training. Let's just get inside and just start fucking making shit happen. Right. And then she met Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that. Uh, it wasn't like a redemption story. So like one of my favorite things I like in villains is like if you're a villain, stay true to being a villain. Don't be wishy-washy of like, like Darth Vader excluded, you know. Like Kylo Ren, he finds Luke in the end and he's like, are you here to try to save my soul because you're not going to be able to. And Luke's like, I'm not here to save you. I'm just here to stop you. And, you know, Kylo Ren gets super upset, but obviously we see in the next movie that anger fuels his dark side powers and makes him even more powerful because in that one he's just chopping people down using the force super strong. Like from the first time I saw him, I was just blown away because I've never seen anyone have a conversation and hold a blaster bolt midair while it's just like moving back and forth. Like That was pretty awesome. And like, you know, he... He's got abilities to like read people's minds and torture them with the force instead of just force choking them. Like he can crush them. I guess I don't know what that power is, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's definitely other aspects of force power. I mean, obviously Darth Vader just had what he liked. He liked choking people. Yeah, yeah I can't blame him. It's pretty exciting. So, <laughs> I guess that's the difference between. <laughs> Palpatine and Snoke. Snoke actually trains Kylo and he wants him to be powerful and to like be the next Vader, whereas the Emperor is disappointed in Vader and he can give a shit less if he can use the force. And he's just looking constantly looking for another apprentice. Like Yeah, he makes it pretty clear, like, I think you're a total piece of shit, crybaby little robot toy, and I want a new fresh young face around here. Someone to represent the company. Yeah. <laughs> But then we get that Snoke was the Emperor the whole time. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. We're going to have a whole episode where we can just bag on. Yes, the we should. <laughs> just trash everything. That just burn it down. Said. Take down the sand. Uh, God. We are fans of the movies, though, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that's also, I hate to keep trashing it, but it's just like a problem that people has. Like they're constantly like, this is just another version of this movie. Like we want an original version of, you know, just something. And that's what I think the prequels had, but no one really appreciated it. Until now, that's Until now. been a weird thing. Like it's kind of turned around. Maybe 10 years down the road, this will be a work of art. And we'll be like, oh, remember how we used to bag on whatever we shall no. see. <laughs> oh my gosh. What else were we talking about today, Stephen? Uh, oh, oh, I want to talk to you about this. Because I don't know how far you've gotten. Okay. But from the last time we talked about this, I haven't gotten anywhere. On um, what? The Ahsoka book. Oh, I'm almost at the end of that Man, one. I am nowhere near the end. I see this book every day and I'm like, I like this book. I enjoy this book. Why am I not reading it? It's a little bit dry in the, the first hundred pages, but after that, it gets more action and fun. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get on that because I'd like to talk about it. 
Yeah, we do. Basically, talk about Ahsoka as a whole character, as a character, from beginning to hopefully this season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, like, the great thing about the book is it talks about her life after she leaves the Jedi Order and like what she's been up to, sort of on the run because she's not with the Star Wars Rebels people. She's on her own. This is before Rebels. Yeah. Good. I hate Rebels. Really? It's such a boring show. Oh my god. I hate Ezra Bridger so much. Like, I don't know what it is with Star Wars and their whiny, bitchy characters. <laughs> that is this kid. They had to develop it to become, you know, hardened badass. No, I don't see it at all. <laughs> the only thing I really liked about Rebels is basically the Ahsoka arc. And yeah. That's it. Like, when she fights uh, Darth Vader, that's amazing. So, yeah. I guess. I like that weird alien guy that's got the... What's his name? He's got a weird name. Clearly. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> is, he, is he part of the ghost crew? No. He's Ron? Like, no, he's he's part of the rebel crew, but like... Um, the furry alien? Is he furry? I think so. He's got like three fingers and he's got like... He's like blue and grayish. Blue and gray. That's how much I care about that show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, guys. Um, oh, which one did you like better? Did you like Empire? Or did you like? I guess if I had to choose out of two of them, I guess I like Last Jedi more. But I also love the Empire Strikes Back in the original three. Mm-hmm. Um, I am undecided. I will say. That all three movies with red titles are the best in the series. Red title? Yes. Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. Empire, and The Last Jedi. Okay. I feel those are the best of each trilogy. Okay. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, as far as which one is better, I really can't decide. I no. can't. It's very difficult. Because, I mean, there's things about Empire I really like. There's things about Last Jedi I really like. I don't know. Who's your favorite character on um, The Empire Strikes Back? Empire Strikes Back? Probably Darth Vader. Darth Vader? You really get to know him in that one. Okay. I like Lando Calrissian because, you know, only black guy in the entire universe until FN2187 is born, I guess. <laughs> Commonly known as Finn. True. 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 Yeah. I like Lando too. I don't like how he says Han, but whatever. <laughs> he runs Cloud Cities, he wears dope capes, he's got a cool mustache. He's obviously got some kind of stylist. True. <laughs> um, and what about your favorite character in Lost Jedi? Uh, Kylo Ren, definitely. How do I know? More like Guy Blow Ren, uh, am I right? As soon as I saw Kylo Ren from the beginning, I was just like, blown away. Such an awesome character. The dual sided lightsaber because his kyber crystal is cracked, so that's why he needs the two little side ports because the heat is so like it's strong and intense, like he's got to ventilate that shit. Mm-hmm. His you can see his lightsaber like like crackles like electricity compared to a Jedi lightsaber. It's more like a hum because it's more refined. Yeah, because a kyber crystal is unique to each person and like only the person that it goes to can hear the hum of the, the crystal it makes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why they hum when I turn it on. Interesting factoid. Interesting, yes. Thank you for that. Oh, man. You got anything else, Steven? Uh, I guess no. That was all my Star Wars stuff. Check out The Rise of Kylo Ren. It'll give you backstory of Ben Solo and Kylo Ren, how they met the Knights of Ren, because they meet him when Kylo is young and he's Ben Solo. Interesting. And Luke fights them all single-handedly and kicks their ass. And they kind of plant the seed for Kylo to become one of them because the guy is like, he tells, or Luke tells them, like, I could sense the dark side in all of you. And after he beats them all, the leader of the Knights of Ren is like, you say you can sense the dark side in all of us, but can you sense it in your own apprentice? Mm. Yeah. So, like, years later, when uh, Ben decides to join him, he takes the Knights of Ren helmet that the leader left there and he puts it on he's able to communicate with them. I'm assuming telepathically? I don't know. Hopefully, yes. Or communicator in there. Yeah. And they tell him to come meet him so he can join them. So I guess he rose from the bottom to the top and gained their trust and you know, admiration to be the leader of the Knights of Ren. Interesting. Didn't know that. Yes. All right. Well, what are Okay. So, this coming week, I have a movie for you. Okay. It's called, what was it? it? Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. It's about vampires. Ooh. It's a little slow. That's a good one. I think so, anyway. I'll probably have you watch, uh, I don't know, I'll have to go look through the old collection. Something that's not boring, I guess. I'm sorry. For these muggles. I, I tried, I tried. I mean, I sat through the whole movie. So. <laughs> it's a good movie overall. I mean, it's not the worst movie. The second one, it explains everything better. The first one's just kind of setting up the second one. So once you see that one, it makes more sense of why they did all these things and everything. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and it has Daniel Radcliffe like debunking all of their magical things they do. Mm. Very hard to see because it's like Harry Potter. Why are you hating on magic? What the hell's wrong? Right. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, right. You want to take us out? Yeah. So you could find us on our Facebook page, the Nerd Holocron. And you can now email us at thenerdholocron at gmail.com. That's N-E-R-D-H-O-L-O-C-R-O-N at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me on my Instagram at thegryffindorgamer95. I'm gryffindorgamer. Adrian is the ungraceful elf. And uh, remember to keep that high ground, and we'll see you next week. Later, Nerdalorians. <laughs>